Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Reality with the King. It's me, Carlos King, the king of reality TV and one of the most sought after executive producers in reality television with over 10 years of production experience. Once a week on Reality with the King, we'll sit down with my friends across the entertainment industry, recap our favorite reality shows and revisit unforgettable moments that we are still talking and tweeting about. Hey, Raindrops. On today's episode of Reality with the King, yes, we got... Let me tell y'all something, child. We have a legend, okay? An Olympian legend, <laughs> honey, yeah. who decided to go on a show that is the, one of the biggest shows on Bravo, The Real Housewives of Atlanta. I'm so excited. I met her in person with her beautiful mom. Her mom is a fan of mine. It was like, I watch all your shows, Carlos. And I was like, well, honey... <laughs> gonna get you on next but first it's about your Yay. daughter so please welcome to the podcast sonia richards Ross. hey 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 v carlos king we in here how are you doing thanks for having me no thanks for saying yes to the mess honey so how are you i am good i'm good currently in new york um you know the season has been crazy so i know we're gonna get into it but no, all good things. I'm excited. Let's get into a bop, 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 bop. <laughs> See, there we go. So look, like I said earlier, you are an Olympian. You are a track star legend. You are somebody that is in the history books, which is a lot to be said about your stature. So with all of that going on, I need to know this, Miss Thing. When you got the call to request... <laughs> your presence of seeing if you wanted to be on the Real Housewives of Atlanta. What was your first thought? Did you think like, yes, no, maybe like, what did you go into it thinking once you got the phone call? So it was funny because when I got the call at first, I didn't think it was real. I was like, how did you get my number? <laughs> like, what? Um, but Carlos, my first instinct was, yes, like I'm a yes to life kind of girl. Yes. Like I always feel like when opportunities find me, it's for a reason. And so my first instinct was, yes, I had to work on my, my husband. <laughs> but for me, it was a yes. Let's talk about your husband, honey. First of all, <laughs> you 100 percent have, I would say, top two of the finest husbands on Bravo. Am, am. I mean, no, who, who, who is Timothy tied with Carlos? Ah, because I, I think he's number one, clearly the, in the lead. Like, you know what I mean? So who are we tying? Who was he? Was he vying with? Okay, in my opinion, it's a toss-up between Ross and Eddie, Doctor Wendy's husband. Eddie's a close number two. He's a close oh. number two. <laughs> you know what I like about Ross? Ross reminds me of my African. Ross is quiet, fine, like. He ain't loud unless he gets provoked. He is a man's man. He I can I can tell he 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 caters to you. 
in a way that doesn't demean his manhood or masculinity. No, I'm telling you, I watch all that. Now, I saw that a lot last season. Now, um, Miss Thing, this season, I'm not seeing a lot of Ross. What's going on, boo? You and me both. So this is what this is what happens this season, and you'll see him later on in the season. But COVID really hit our car service hard in 2020 and 2021. And um, and we weren't even sure if we're gonna be able to make it in the Austin market in the chauffeur business. And so, you know, for a long time he was in the red, having to pour money into it, pour money. And so we kept thinking, okay, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna, you know? And we held on to it and it's rebounding now. So unfortunately, you know, and fortunately, it's a good thing. He has to go to Austin a lot, you know, because we lost a lot of drivers. Like the business just had to really trim down to make it. And he's kind of building it back up now. So unfortunately, he, you know, the the time we were filming was peak time for travel in Austin. And so he was there just managing the business. So I ain't mad at him getting his coins, but I certainly did miss him at home a lot. (laughs) Yes, no, me and the girls... And the gays. We missed seeing Ross on television. And one of the things that I talked about last season when you first got on the show is your personal story reminded me a lot of Candy's personal story back in the day. When you talk about working with family Mm -hmm. and having a husband to where obviously you are the star of the relationship and you have been for so long and how sometimes that can do something to a woman's marriage. And it really Hmm. takes a competent man in order to say, my wife is the star, the breadwinner, and she has all these things going on. And I appreciated that level of transparency last season. And that's why this season, as we're talking about the show, it was the one thing that I felt like I want to see more of because I really felt like Ross came out of his shell last season and... And I want to make sure that we're going to see more of that dynamic. Obviously, we see with your mom and your sister and your your and your family. Um, but honey, we want to see you and Ross have those tough conversations. So are we going to see that? Yeah, it's coming. And I also got to correct you on one thing, Carlos, because yes, I am I am a thaw, but let's not get it twisted that my honey's a two-time Super Bowl champ who was the breadwinner for the majority of our relationship. Um, and so I just don't want that narrative to ever switch, right? Because it's like, um, you know, he started out making tons of money, doing great things, and still has lots of money in the bank. You know, that's why he's able to do what he wants to do and stuff. So um, I do think it takes a strong man to be with a woman who is like myself and like Candy and doing a lot of things and likes to be in front of the camera. Like my husband is fine playing in the back, even mm-hmm. when he was in football, you know, he wasn't always trying to be up front. And so I do think it takes a, a, a strong man with a great personality. And I have that in my husband, but you know, he's a star, honey. He's a star. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Why was he apprehensive in, in you joining the show? Yeah, I think it was more about, you know, we all hear a lot about the reality show, you know, marriage curse. And um, I think that was what he was more worried about is that for him and for me, marriage and family comes first, like period. And there is nothing that I would do that will ever jeopardize that, you know? And so he just didn't want for us to be in a situation that could potentially jeopardize our relationship. And I love him for that. You know, it was really, that's that's it, you know, because you just don't know, like you see, like a lot of marriages that look great Mm -hmm. and then they just they don't make it 
Um, but the reality is, I do think that reality shows are a snapshot of real life and the divorce rate is high in the world, period. So it's not that reality TV is what breaks up marriages. I certainly think it puts a microscope on issues that are hard sometimes to navigate when the public is also having their opinions on it. But that was his angst, right? His, he was more like, I just don't want this to come between us. I don't want this to do anything to our family. If we can navigate it as a unit, boom. But if not, like he wasn't going to be down for that. And I, and I love that about him. Were you too afraid of joining this show having an effect on your legacy in the, in the, in the sports arena? Not really. Because the truth is, Carlos, is that there is no blueprint for an Olympic champion. Like, can you name an Olympic champion and what they're doing now? You know what I mean? And so it's it's not it's, it's all of us are kind of charting our own path. And for me, I was like, this is a dope opportunity for me to stay relevant, to continue to grow my brand, to be around some dope women. And so, no, I think that is just an extension of my legacy. Like nothing can erase what I did on the track, period, you know. And so this is just me trying something else, seeing how it works and um and, you know, going through a, a new process. So, no, I never looked at it that way. Um, although I have heard people say, like, are you from like, no, like I'm the American record holder, four time Olympic gold medalist, baby. That's that's going to be that. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear from your friends in your in your class of sport who said, like, girl, are you sure you want to do this or were they all supportive? The majority of my girlfriends uh, were super supportive. You know, they were excited for me. Like I said, it's like. You know, you, you think about the life of an athlete, Carlos, and most athletes focus solely on sports their entire life. And then it's like afterwards, you're like, OK, what do I do now? How do I use the skill sets that I've learned and, and that I've sharpened as an athlete in the rest of the world? And so for me, I've been very, very blessed to have this very seamless transition from track and field to broadcasting and now reality TV and still working with Nike and all these things. So I feel very blessed. And I feel like a lot of my peers really respect that hustle. Like, dang, like, she's still doing it. Like, you know what I mean? It's not easy. And congrats on the Belk deal as well. Thank you. Because that's thank huge. So that, that's that's that really big. Huge. Yeah, thank you. That's really big. Also big, honey, is the drama this season. We are seeing the girls go low, sis. I mean, I call it how Marlo can you go? Like, how low can you go, child? Not Marlo. Girl, how Marlo... <laughs> You know how you got that? <laughs> I see what you did there. I don't yeah. like it. But I see what you did there. There you go. <laughs> how low can you go? Okay. So you seem to be caught in the middle because as we saw in the earlier episodes, Courtney was saying some not so flattering things about Candy in the presence of you and Sheree. Right. And you told Candy what was said. And I found it interesting that she was like, well, what you said, if you have my back, because, and I want to get your opinion, because for me, yeah. obviously I produced a show for almost 10 years of my, of my life. Right. Right. And I've known moments where Phaedra felt that way about candy. Like you didn't have my back or what did you say um, to defend me right. against these girls? So I was kind of caught off guard by that because I didn't, me too. Again, my, <laughs> okay. Cause my opinion is I don't feel like, Unless I'm missing something. I don't feel like you and Candy's relationship is that deep to where your first instinct would be to defend her. I mean, you're just listening to a conversation. Were you also surprised like me, the audience was, that she was upset by it? 
Yeah, I was surprised that she asked me that because the tone of the conversation up until that point was very much friendly. And, and then she just kind of switched and was like, well, what were you saying while, you know, she was talking? And it kind of threw me off guard. And I was like, what did I say? Like, I was trying to remember and recall because to be honest, Carlos, initially I was just shocked, right? I'm sitting there like, it's my first time meeting this girl. I'm like, what was a lot of tea? Like, okay. You know, like I was re really shocked by it. And then, of course, the way she's saying it, it was funny. Like anybody would have laughed when she said, and girl, that ghetto. I was like, ghetto. you know what I mean? But at the same time, I did on multiple occasions in the conversation say, look, me and Candy, cool. Now, are you going to talk to her? Because if you don't, I'm going to tell her. I do say that to her in real time. You know what I mean? So I was a little bit surprised that Candy was like, well, what were you saying and stuff? Because obviously, like, you know, these are all fairly new friendships that I'm building and creating and really trying to figure out, you know, which ones are going to be the meaningful ones, which ones are going to be the lasting relationships, you know? So I don't, I don't think she took it, uh, you know, too heavy. I think she just asked and we kind of moved on from it, but I was a little bit surprised that she expected me to be like, now what, what, what? <laughs> I'm like, as shocked as you were. <laughs> oh no, girl, we were gagging. I, I, again, if that was Monietta, I would have understood right. more. Um, so I was surprised about that line of questioning because from what I've seen, and you tell me if I'm wrong, it, it appears that you're closer to Sheree and Marlo. I'm closer to Marlo. And to be honest, like, it's funny because at that point I was closer to Candy and Marlo. So like Candy and I had gone on vacation. We communicate a lot off camera. And of course, Marlo, Marlo and I are the closest, especially now, like okay. off, you know, off season, this season, we, we talk like every day. Oh. So I was actually closer to Marlo, Candy, and then Sheree. Like, Sheree and I are super cool. We don't talk as much, um, you know, maybe like once a week, once every two weeks, her and I connect. So, Mar you know, Candy and I were fairly close. But the other thing, too, Carlos, was that I didn't feel like it was an attack on her on her character. Like, if you as you watch the season progress, like, even last night with, with Marlo, I don't like when they started calling her a trick and stuff. Like, to me, that's, that's a personal affront. But when you're talking about, like, you know, these people, to me, that wasn't something where I'd be like, well, damn, like, why would you say this about Candy? It wasn't that deep to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but what's getting deep is the, the lowness, to me, of the dialogue between them. You know, um, one of the biggest things that the audience is having a very hard time understanding. Yeah. Um, and I even called Marlo personally to talk to her about this because I do love mm -hmm. her. Yeah. is the fact that what happened three years ago with her nephew, of course, is horrendous and is sad. And, and yeah. she and the entire family have all of our complete condolences with that. But right. it is sort of, it, it is sort of, I'll just use the word weird, that three years later is being brought up. And I understand she's saying, well, the shootings that happened at the restaurant triggered it. So I get that. But to the yeah. degree of it being so volatile, Obviously, right. you, you talk to Marlo daily. Are you on Marlo's side when it comes to where her and Candy are going through? And can you shed some light that we may not know? Because I know yeah. Marlo for real, for real. And yeah. I'm confused. <laughs> well, no, I get it. And I think that um, it, it's tricky, right? Because you can't tell someone how to feel. And even for me, when I was when I communicate with Marlo and stuff, and I'm like, dang, like, it, it's it's a tricky thing to navigate because somebody died, right? Like, her nephew died. So there's the gravity of that. And then there is this feeling where she just feels like, you know, Candy sometimes just kind of brushes past issues, you know, big and small. 
And so, you know, I do I always agree with how Marlo goes at things? No. But do I try to validate her feelings? Yes. And so in the, the fact that she felt like Candy never really acknowledged it or showed up in the way. See, the other thing that people have to understand, too, is like a lot of times people value friendship the way that they are friends. And Marlo is one of the most thoughtful. She's one of the kindest people I know. Like last season when I had COVID, she sent me flowers, a teddy bear. She sent me medicine. She called me every day. And that's her love language. And so, you know, she, I think, just expects people to reciprocate that. And like mm. what I understand from Candy when I was talking to Candy as well, is like, she's not that girl. Like, and I'm not a, all the way a thoughtful person like that either. Like Marlo is teaching me how to be more thoughtful of people. You know what I mean? So I, I, I definitely see both sides. I understand how Candy could feel like the timing is so bad. It's like, you know, once again, trying to like, you know, make put her business in a bad light. So I understood why Candy got so upset. But I think, and I think this happens a lot with the ladies, if we can stay on just the topic, just the issue, we can handle it, right? Because it's like, if, if Candy's like, okay, my bad, I could have, maybe I could have done more, we could move on. But then it becomes this big thing and they're both so heavily vested and it becomes really tricky as a group to navigate. That makes sense to me. Now, now I'm starting to understand because you're right. Marlo feels like what I give out, I should be yeah. able to get in return. And to your point, not everyone is wired that way. And and exactly. I will say this on the record, Marlo is very generous. She yeah. is very giving. She is very yeah. thoughtful. Marlo loves to give a gift child and I love yeah. taking them. So <laughs> I do, I do know that about her. And yeah. now I'm starting to understand a little bit more about what she was expecting is because she feels like I, I would do that in, in a she situation. Yes, so, exactly. okay. I, I understand that much. Do you understand Monietta though? Her presence on the show. Carlos, I almost uh, Carlos. <laughs> Not you passing out. I thought you were a track star who could run miles and breathe, child. Well, you know what? I, I, I've been telling folks, I didn't train for four Olympics. I have been all over. Nothing has prepared me for the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Do you understand? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing has prepared me for this. Okay. Do I understand Monietta's presence on the show? Yes, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> of course I do. What do you think? What What is it? Tell us. Enlighten us. Because we're not there every day, my love. There are other people in this room, Carlos, and they've also fallen out. Everybody's <laughs> on the floor. My whole glam squad, everybody's on the floor. Just so you know, okay? Well, inquiring minds want to know, honey. This is reality with the king, and I want to <laughs> know the reality of when y'all together. I cannot believe that you're asking these questions, Carlos. I would love for you to answer one. So, okay, here's the thing. I think I think Monietta, like you said, she is like a wonderful, wonderful person. <laughs> like I think that she is one of the best human beings I've ever met. Um, however. I think that it has been tricky for her to navigate the show and to navigate, you know, because she loves her, her and Candy's relationship is so significant to her and important to her that I feel like she sometimes isn't able to step out of that and just be on her own. And, and I, it's hard. This, this show is so hard. So many people have so many comments about it, but if you were in the same situation, trust me, it's not as easy as it appears <laughs> when you are watching it on TV. And so, you know, I, I do think that Monietta is tricky for Monietta because she has such an alliance and allegiance with Candy that, and you saw it when she was like, I almost lost my friend. It's like, 
why? Like just for like, you know, sitting with Marlo for two seconds, like that, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. Like you got to you got to be out here on your own, sis. So I love Mayetta to death. I think that this season she brings a lot more to the show. She brings a lot more to the show this season. But we'll see. You know, we'll see. Do you think she's in Candy Shadow? Yeah. Yeah, I think she's in Candy Shadow. I think that um I think that um I think that her personality type makes it hard for her to break out of Candy Shadow because she's such a loyal friend and she's such a sweet girl. So yes, I do think that. And I don't think I think that she would agree. I don't think that's a any an insult. I think that she came on as Candy's friend and she's really been loyal to her. I hate to interrupt, but stay tuned for more. We'll be right back after these quick ads. Support for Reality with the King is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, Join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code REALITY at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 16 million balls. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived, and oh man, it's a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to the Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself, so go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with code Reality at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code REALITY. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Life doesn't happen bi weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. If I needed something like earning, it's what I use, and this is why. Because, child, your boy is busy. I got several jobs, as y'all know, and I like my money, honey. So any opportunity to where I'm able to get paid at a moment's notice, honey, sign me up. Make earning a part of your financial routine. Enjoy earnings over three and a half million customers who say 
When I think about earn-in, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download earn-in today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the earn-in app, type in reality under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. Reality under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, daily max and pay period max, see earnin.com slash TOS for details. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into the show. What are your thoughts on Ralph and Drew? I mean, obviously, you and Drew have had your moments, which, by the way, was funny. But (laughs) when you think about what she's going through, and one thing, listen, one thing I know about everybody on the Atlanta Housewives and a lot of reality TV, everybody can throw shade and do whatever, but no, there's not one person who takes pleasure in seeing the breakup of a marriage. And that's one thing I know for sure. Yes, there's there's never been any gleeful moments of somebody's marriage breaking up. When yeah. you learn of the divorce, and again, we're, we're only in episode six right now, the season. Right. Did you see signs that pointed in this direction? So it caught me completely off guard, Carlos, because to give you some context, like I don't, I'm not the best on dates and times and stuff, but I would say probably about two weeks prior to the announcement of the divorce, Ross and I were at Ralph's 40th that Drew threw for him. And they looked super happy. I mean, it was like, it was a vibe. Like we were having so much fun. They were dancing together. They played her song. She gave him a whole like moment in the club. And so I know marriage is tough. And I know sometimes we got to put on even when things are not perfect. But I would have never anticipated that a week or two later, they'd be both rushing to the courthouse to like... (laughs) outsign each other they were watching they were watching youtube videos of you sprinting and followed suit and and ran to the courthouse as if a baton was waiting on them at the end honey i was like but it didn't really surprise me because everything with ralph and drew is always a little bit quirky so i said this is this this sounds about right right like them rushing to the courthouse sound just about right but like you said i honestly i'm really heartbroken mainly for the kids because yes three beautiful kids and i um when I met them prior to the show, two or three weeks before we started filming, I just thought they were a great couple. I thought they have a lot of fun together. So it's just it's just sad that they're not, you know, haven't been able to figure it out. Have you spoken to her recently? So I uh, I texted her. I had been texting her like consistently, like you know, just checking on checking in on her. Um, and um, and then she like made a tweet the other day, and I'm like, <laughs> about you. Yes. And I'm like, girl, man, you are good. Like, why are you tweet? It's like Drew. Sometimes I feel like Drew thinks like she's supposed to be like wherever the show is. That's where she, it's just a mess. I can't, I can't deal with that. Like, I want to be real in the moment, like reality, reality. So I, after that, I was like, okay, let me just give her some more space again because she's just on one again. So a lot of people have accused Drew of acting a lot on this show. And yeah. getting the set confused with the Lifetime movie set starring <laughs> Carrie Hilson and directed by T.D. Jakes. <laughs> so do you feel that when you're in scene with Drew, do you sometimes feel like, are you reading a script or are you yes. being yourself? 100 percent. 
100%. Like it is, that has been one of the hardest things to navigate and my biggest frustration, especially coming on as her friend. Um, you know, it was, it was really hard because, but you know, what's funny, Carlos, and I ain't never told nobody this, but I'm going to just drop you a little tea right here. When I, when I first met them, right. When I first met Ralph and Drew, he, one of the things he said was, he's like, you know, we'll be cool. And then all of a sudden in the middle of the scene, she just like flips the script. Like she'll just like go like do something crazy. Ralph said and, this about his own wife. Yeah. Oh, and so it shouldn't have surprised me that she did that to me in season one and that she continues to do that. I just, I, but here's the thing about it. And this is going to be crazy is that I don't feel like she knows that she's doing it. I don't feel like she understands like when she goes into this actress mode, I really don't. And I think that, um, but, but she does it a lot and it's, it's really tricky to, to be around her because Literally, we'll be texting, we'll be cool, or we'll talk off camera, and then she comes on camera and she has a whole different vibe, and it's like, girl, like, I, I don't like it. Like, I'd prefer to, like, know, like, we're not cool or we're cool, but don't, like, flip the script on me on screen, and you know what I mean? Because I'm not acting, so it's it's really hard for me to to be able to figure out how to move with her in that case, you know? Yeah, no, I love you, Drew. Just know that they don't give out Oscars um, for the Real Housewives of Atlanta, baby, so we can stop auditioning for an Oscar. Leave that <laughs> for a movie directed by Martin Scorsese because these scenes are directed by Eric Puller. Okay. Exactly. So <laughs> <laughs> Say that. <laughs> Say that. <laughs> I love you, Drew. Okay. One of the biggest conversations about this season is a lot of people are saying the cast feels disjointed. Yeah. Um, that there doesn't seem to be this cohesive sisterhood um, that kind of was apparent last season. What do you contribute that to? Because again, I've worked on the show and I've known yeah. that relationship goes through up and down. We've seen it with Kim and Nene. Minnie right. and Sheree, we've seen mm -hmm. it with Kenya Portia, mm -hmm. Cynthia, Kenya. Like, we've seen these up and downs, but the girls always found their way back. Why right. is it, in your feelings, obviously it's your second season, but why it seems to be disjointed so much to the point where everyone is confused by where this, this friendship can go? Yeah, and, and that's so unfortunate to me, Carlos, because I felt that this season we were building on this sisterhood and friendship, and I thought it would, you know, radiate through the screens this year. People would see that we were, you know, actually really trying to be great friends and stuff. So it's disappointing that the opposite is happening. Um, but I think I think ultimately where the break happens is when Marlo and Kenya, which obviously that's been a few that's been predates me and has been going on for a long time. I think it's okay when they're like two girls that are not, not really getting along, but I think the issue really happens when Marlo and Candy start to feud. And then because Kenya and Marlo, you know, are, you know, you know, nemesis, it then really divides the group because I think that Candy when Kay like and and one thing I I really do respect about Candy is that She's very level-headed, and even after the worst feud, she kind of always finds her way back to, like, you know, a, a cordial place, like a place where we can all coexist. And so I think what, what happens this season, unfortunately, is that with Marlo and Candy feuding so much, and, of course, Kenya and Marlo, it makes it really hard for our, our, group, our group to be cohesive um, because, you know, those are two big players in the group, you know what I mean? So... Uh, unfortunately, I think that causes the divide, but, but there is hope. 
Like, I think that as we continue to watch the season, especially when we go on our group trip to Portugal, there is some mending, you know, and, and we do, we do go on some really cool journeys. And I think we have some really beautiful moments, but it is hard when you have so many women with big personalities who do have real feelings of their issues. I think it, you know, it, it makes it really hard to, um, to push past some of those things, but we, you know, we do try. And I think that, I think that people will be happy as the season progresses. Okay. When you join the show, is it everything that you imagine it would be, or are you completely <laughs> caught off guard? <laughs> I don't know what I imagined it would be, <laughs> but nine out of 10 times I'm completely caught off guard. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I wonder. Sometimes are you like, what did I get myself into? But you know what? It's funny. It's like, but nine out of ten times I'm having a lot of fun too. Like, so here, here's the thing that people need to know about me because I know people write all kinds of stuff about me and stuff. Is like, I am like, I am okay with trying and failing. I am okay with like, you know, it's like none of those things bother me. Like, I. I chased my dreams, Carlos, for 20 years to be an Olympic champion. And in 2008, I failed on the largest scale. There's nothing that can ever rattle me. You know what I mean? Like after that, I came back and I won in 2012. So it's like, I'm navigating a new space. I'm figuring out how to show up fully authentically as myself, trying to figure out who are going to be my ride or dies. Like all of these things that comes with pitfalls in real life, Mm -hmm. much less on camera. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I think I'm someone who's self-deprecating. I don't take myself too seriously. I'm not like trying to be perfect. You know, it's like, it is what it is. And as people get to know me, you know, my hope is I'm in for the long haul and people will see over time who I am. Um, and that, you know, the little things and the little pitfalls and the little moments, I don't, I don't harp on them too much. I keep it moving and I'm genuinely trying to build real friendships. And I really want this show to go back to what it really was, which was a group of women who really care about each other, who are bonded on issues and, you know, we're connected because we have commonalities, but obviously it's not going to be perfect because life isn't. And, you know, that's that's really what I hope for the show. No, I do, too. And I love the fact that you don't take things too seriously and you're, you're aware that, girl, one thing about the Real Housewives of Atlanta fans, those fans are tough. What? They, worse than, worse than tra- like, worse than sports fans. Oh, girl, forget, <laughs> look, forget the basketball, baseball, football, yes. all of that. The Real Housewives of Atlanta, of all the franchises, Atlanta, those fans have very strong opinions. When you hear people say things about you, they call you boring. Why is she on the show? Does that hurt your feelings when when you hear people say you're boring? Well, not really, because what I have seen is that a lot of times the fans really don't know what they want. You know what I mean? On the one hand, they will say we want positive women who have real relationships, who have businesses and stuff. And then you get that and it's like, oh, she's boring. You know what I mean? And it's like the fans can also be really fickle. One week they love this person. Next week they love that person. And so I kind of take it with a grain of salt. You know, I've seen over the years where people complain about a person, then they gone, then they want them back more than anything. And, you know, it's like just this constant, you know, desire to have what isn't there. And so for me, I just kind of learned from sports to quiet the noise, like, you know, focus on the fact that I'm blessed to be on this platform and I'm going to keep being me. And whether, you know, it's thank God the fans don't cast. <laughs> and, you know, just keep it pushing. <laughs> yeah, so this will be my advice to you. I got one more question for you, but 
as somebody who produced that show from seasons yeah. one through four and then six through nine, yeah. I, I want to give you some advice if you, yes. if, if you, if you want it, honey, I'm here for it. Okay. So look, <laughs> I said this about you last season that I did feel like your personal story was super strong because yeah. it reminded me of the early days of candy. Like I said earlier in the sense of, um, working with your husband and the family yeah. and your, your mom is fantastic television. <laughs> and it reminded me of like the great mama Joyce and, and getting, I'll say this. I felt like you were bringing the old school Atlanta housewives personal story back to the show in terms of what it looks like for a, a family dynamic because of right. some, listen, no shade, but some of these women are older and they don't have a robust family with young kids. So right. for us to see that from you, I felt was super strong. And I, what I would want more from you, if, if yeah. I can say this to you, um, is I want to see more of that. I listen, my opinion, I could care less about your relationship with the girls to, to a degree. Um, I, I really am invested in you and Ross and what you guys are talking about and what you have going on. I really want to see more with you and your mom. And I, I want to see your mom around the girls more. I, when I met your mom in person, first of all, your mom is a baddie. And, (laughs) and I feel like the beauty of Atlanta housewives was there was always that specialness when it came to the moms. And because we haven't seen mama Joyce in a while, who's an icon and a legend herself. I would love to see your mom more. And I would love to see more of what you and Ross are talking about, because I feel like when you have these marital relationships, that's what we want to see. And I feel like you're getting your foot wet. And when I'm watching you, I feel like, (laughs) I feel like you be thinking like, what is going on here? Like, is this, is this really happening? Or like when Kenya stormed out to her room child in Alabama and on the speakerphone, she said, y'all can go. And you said, I will leave. I don't have to be here. (laughs) So I do feel like sometimes you're like, are y'all putting on or, or what, what is really happening here? Because I don't navigate this way. So I would just say, you know, let's see more because I feel like you're trying to figure these girls out and I get it. Cause there are 15 seasons in, I yeah. feel like girl focus on, on, on showing us the personal story because I do feel like I want to see more personal story. Yeah, well, I love that. And I mean that we can deliver on. So thank you for that note. And I, you know, definitely want to incorporate more and hopefully next season, you know, Ross will be more put, you know, stay in the house more. And so we can do more of that. So I appreciate it. Okay. Last question. Yeah. Um, if you had a magic wand yes, and you're looking at this show for next season and if someone came to you, a genie in a bottle, not Christina Aguilera's genie in the bottle, because that was about some <laughs> next child, a real genie in a bottle. And they said, OK, Sonia, you're able to cast the women around you who you want to move forward with. Who are five women that you would love to be on a season with? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a good, that's a good one. Um, so obviously I'd bring back my girl, Marlo. Um, so Marlo and Sheree. Um, so five though, cause that makes it, shouldn't it be six? Well, you're six. It's you plus 
five. Okay, so me, Marlo, Sheree. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Um, Any housewife, past, present, future. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I've been on with Candy and Kenya, so I feel like I've, you know, experienced them. So do I bring them back or do I bring on somebody new? So um, I, I always thought Phaedra was a hoot. So I think, you know, it'd be cool to film with Phaedra. Um even though I know Candy and Phaedra won't film, so that means I have to leave Candy off the next season. I'm going to bring her back. I'm going to bring her back for season 20. Okay. Bring her back. And, um, and Portia. Oh, okay. Yeah, Portia. That's a yeah, good list. So, That's a good list. Yeah, is that fine? So, yeah, so it's, yeah. You, so you plus five. So that's uh, Marlo, Sheree, Phaedra, Portia. Portia. Oh, and one, I get one more. One more. Um, so I would bring back, um, dang. So who else is somebody that's from the past that I would love to film with? Because you have Deshaun Snow, Lisa Wu, Nene Leakes, Kim Zosiak, Claudia Jordan, Shamari. Claudia, 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 Claudia. Okay. There you go. See, that wasn't so bad. Now, was it? (laughs) Oh, one last question. I'm gonna let you go because I know you're busy. Do you know who Tamara Judge is? Yeah, yeah. She's one of the housewives, right? Of Orange County. Yes. She did an interview recently, and they asked her which housewife should be put on pause, and she said you. Why? Why she ain't know me? She said, as she's watching this show, she thinks you're a nice girl, but if she had to choose anybody, she would choose to put you on pause. Is she still Is she still on the show? She was on pause, but now she's back. Um, uh, well, she she should go like a pause tune in. <laughs> <laughs> People don't know what they want. People don't know what they want. Okay, this, and you're saying I, that includes I, I housewives. Had, I had the right amount of sauce and dynamic to the show. That's that. It is what it is. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Well, Sonia, thank you so much for coming on Reality with the King, and I am going to continue watching the show. And yes. I want you to follow my advice. We want to see you and Ross, Mama. We want to see... And, and listen, listen, listen. I know it's not your control what gets shown. Right. So trust me, I get that. But I speak for the congregation. And just know that that's our biggest request. We want to see more of that. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks for having me, Carlos. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. New episodes drop every Tuesday. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at thecarlosking underscore on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and yes, baby, my YouTube channel where you can get all of my visuals, baby, my expressions. Yes. And don't forget, tweet me your thoughts and hot takes about this episode using the hashtag realitywiththeking. Reality with the King is a production of Kingdom Reign Entertainment. It is produced by Sierra Spragley Ricks and executive produced by me, Carlos King. King the Rain Entertainment, baby! <laughs> <laughs>